0: Present ourselves to you before your throne right now. And we welcome you. Come. Be among us this evening. We've come so that you will be lifted up in the midst of us. We've come to hear from you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we know that you are among us. We ask that you would fill us with your presence now, that you would allow us to hear the word of the Lord. And we thank you for this time. Now, do more than we're even asking this evening. Do more than we're even imagining, just cause a level of growth and grace to be inside of us, welling up to eternal life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Please grab your Bibles and go with me to John chapter 18, verse 6. John chapter 18, verse 6. So appreciated to be here and get to do this with you guys. In the sense that it's always good to study John, and um, I am really enjoying just going through this with you, listening to the sermons, reading them. And um, here, when we're we're actually now at the place where uh, Jesus is now going to go pray, because he's getting ready for Judas to betray him. And um, I picked a very uh, a very short passage because. I wanted to just kind of introduce something to you that I believe is missing most of the time when we teach the Gospels or that we, in our culture, teach Jesus. There, Let me kind of explain this. There's a part of the Christian walk in, in Western culture that is very fascinated and loves the teaching ministry of Jesus. They want to know what Jesus says. They want to know how to conform their life to it. They, they really look to Jesus for wisdom, which I think that's a great thing you should do. But please don't ever disassociate the fact that when Jesus taught with wisdom, there was the the love of God was being expressed through wisdom, but there was also the love of God being expressed through transformational power. So Jesus had both word and deed that expressed what it meant to walk with God, uh, what his father was like. And so I'm always trying to say, well, let's look at that. And I realize I always come to you guys and talk about that but I never give you a little background of how I got there. Now, when I first came into the body of Christ, I was brought into, you know, the body of Christ, and we learned the word. And I told you I went to Bible college in Colorado Springs and learned doctrine and theology, and I loved it all. And uh, found the Lord drew me into the Vineyard Movement where I learned some stuff about the supernatural. Now, when I moved to Kansas City, which was back in 1990, I got invited to be on staff to teach at what they called the Grace Training Center. And even though I'd had my degree in theology, they made me one of the professors in the spirit class, which meant I had to take up all the stuff on healing, prophecy, deliverance, supernatural encounters, all those. And I had to teach them to the students as they came from around the world to understand this stuff. And um, one of the years, uh, one of the professors had had a class. It was called Understanding Supernatural Encounters. They had decided because of their travel schedule they didn't want to do it, so it was given to me to pick up. Now, I actually love that kind of challenge, and so real quick, just to kind of say this, if you've never done this, I'd like to encourage you to try to do this. I literally went from Genesis to Revelation, and I looked at every supernatural encounter in the Bible, studied it so that I could teach the students what the supernatural is like, how to enter into the supernatural, and really what is the position of Jesus and the church on this idea of how available the supernatural is. Now here's what's interesting. The, it really actually takes a lot of work to ignore the supernatural because almost every other page, unless you're in the, the Psalms or maybe some Proverbs, almost every other page is a supernatural encounter that God is having with man. The stories are supernatural encounters. Jesus' ministry are supernatural encounters. The the acts of the apostles, there's all kinds of supernatural encounters. Even in the epistles, they have writings where they're talking about supernatural encounters. So, even if we're in a culture that doesn't promote it or talk about it, God is always doing supernatural things to relate to you and I. In fact, when I started studying what we call church history... I started realizing that whenever people let God be supernatural, it always creates the same effect and it doesn't matter what generation it is. So how do we as a people cultivate super, which is normal Christianity, how do we cultivate supernatural Christianity? We cultivate it through worship, we cultivate it by prayer, we also cultivate it by testimony. And this is why when we read these stories we're literally giving a testimony this is what's real this is what you should be praying for this is what you should be expecting from God and this is how God wants to relate to you now whether the culture you're raised in or I'm raised in we don't accept that or think that's valid the reality of it is is the Bible points to that by the way real quick um, the guy that was leading worship where did he take off to you see in the room Is Brian? Okay, I wherever he's at, i got to share something with him, but anyways, I'll get to that. I just realized I forgot to do that. All right, so now when we look at John chapter 18, verse 6, it's a very short scripture, but it's actually just endued with the power of God actually coming on the scene. Now, you guys realize Jesus is actually having uh, the the Since the people that have come to arrest him and Judas, they're literally about to arrest him and they're asking him a question and he's responding. And in the response, can you imagine as he's being arrested, God does a supernatural encounter. A guy's ear gets cut off and he puts his ear back on him and does a miracle. This is all while he's being arrested. I mean, most of us think, no, God only does this kind of stuff. you know, you have the right music, and there's candle, and kind of stuff like that, but that's not how the gospel presents it, it's saying it doesn't matter what's going on in life at all, the supernatural is available, God's willing to do these kind of things, so let's look at it here, John chapter 18, verse 6 so they're asking him, are you Jesus of Nazareth, and he says now when when therefore he said to them, I am, they went backwards and fell to the ground, now That that means one of two things. That means that when they ask a question, they don't have the ability to have equilibrium. So after they ask a question, ten guys fell down on the ground. I don't think that's what's going on in the passage. There's a couple things that we need to see here in the passage that are really important. They literally are saying, where's Jesus in Nazareth? And he says to them, I am. It's actually, it's not as I am he. It's literally the translation is I am. And when he does that, I find this amazing, he's reaffirming that he's God, right there as they're about to arrest him, he's reaffirming, I am God in the flesh, I am here. And when he does that, first I want to just take a moment and say, now what does that mean when he says, I am? You guys have probably heard that being referred to in scripture, but it's interesting, the Hebrew word for I am, it's heah, it's actually also the root word for Jehovah. So I am and Jehovah come from obviously the same root word, I am. Or Jehovah comes from this root word of heah. And it means the, the one who exists. So when he's standing there and he's saying, are you Jesus Nazareth? And he says, I am, he's declaring something of I am the ever living one. I'm the existent one. It also means that the power or who he is is solely unto himself. Which means he's going back and stepping into the idea of eternity As when he says I am to these men and he's saying look I'm here in time now but I've always existed. I'm declaring myself to you even though you're here to arrest me. The next one is is when he says I am he's giving us the idea that he's never changed. His nature never changes. Now Why is that so important to us as we move to the next thing that happens in the passage? Because since God's nature has never changed, think about this. You and I are born, we live in time, we grow up, and then we grow old, hopefully, and we find that our energy wanes as we get older, but God is ever present, ever-alive, and ever-sustaining. There's no weariness in him. He's the same. He's the same in action. He's the same in thought. He's the same in power. So when he also says I am, he's also saying all the power and all the energy of the universe flows through me. That's actually really interesting because there are going to be examples throughout John and the rest of the Gospels and even in the epistles where it talks about this idea that he's the living God or he gives living water. It's the idea that life issues from him and so the words that he says are life transforming. And then the last one is this. All creation conforms to his life. There you are. <laughs> so you're Brian? Brian, uh, I was actually looking at you during worship, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to share a couple things with you. Uh, first one was this. is The Lord actually told me that the zeal of the Lord was actually going to encounter you. And so you're coming into a season where the zeal of the Lord is going to come on you. And he actually, I thought it was interesting, you were doing worship, but the Lord said he was actually going to come on you, and you're going to become like this Bible teacher and you're going to grow actually in word and the worship. And I saw this vision of this whirlwind swirling around you. And I kept asking the Lord, what does that have to do with anything? And the Lord said, that's, that's not only my zeal, but it's going to be the worship that I give him is going to be so creative that he's going to be like this person that, and you were carrying a guitar and walking down the street and people were joining you because they could sense the presence of the Lord behind you. Um, are you married, by the way? Are you married, Brian? Does your wife have blonde hair by chance? Oh, good. Why? Wow, thank you, Lord. Phew. Okay. Uh, another thing is, is both, both you and her have a spirit and a nature of kindness. And I saw her specifically. She's so gentle as a person that a lot of people don't, like, think she could do something powerfully, but the Lord told me he was going to visit her with boldness and there's going to be an awakening that's going to come out of her, and it's, it's going to be what the Lord calls revived passion. Uh, it isn't that she's not walked with the Lord, but it is a revived passion in gracefulness. And so the Lord's going to visit both of you and just release that. So would you stand? So can I pray a blessing? Do you guys mind if I just take a moment and do this real quick? Holy Spirit, bring your power over Brian. Bring your presence upon him, Lord. As that you would strengthen him and his wife right now. And this, this word and worship thing that you're going to draw out of their lives, I ask that you would release it right now. And for his wife, I ask that passion would be revived inside her soul. And this, this, her being raised up as a graceful woman, we just command that to come forth right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, Brian. All right. Yep. Isn't, that, isn't that nice of the Lord? Okay, so real quick, I have something for you also. So would you stand? What's your name? Jared, Jared would you stand real quick? Uh, so um, during wor- worship, I actually saw the Lord draw near to you, and he actually told me to tell you this. He's calling you into a season right now of waiting on him. And so you're actually being called by the Lord to wait on him. And he said that he was going to renew your strength for the next season that's coming into your life. And it had to do with you being a builder in the kingdom of God. He's actually called you to be a builder in the kingdom of God. And he said that the type of building that you do is you're a builder into the life of men. And so God is going to be bringing types of men to you that you're going to build into. Would you mind extending your hands? Do you sense the power of the Lord coming on you? So Holy Spirit, bring your power on your son right now. And this awakening that you're doing inside of him of waiting to draw strength. We just ask that you would release that inside of him. I command the blessing of the Lord upon him, and I thank you for this work you're doing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Also, the Lord said he's going to give you something that you actually weren't asking for. He's going to give you a mind that actually begins to have um, zeal and creativity released in it, and you're going to find a chapter of your life just opening up where God's going to release you to become a writer and a person that develops things for people to read so that their hearts get touched. Amen. (laughs) All right. See if we can get back to the message. All right. So we have Jesus telling us that he is the life giver of all things. Now... Let's look at the passage again. It says this. He said, I am, and they went backwards, and they fell to the ground. In the Greek New Testament, it's really interesting. This phrase, fell to the ground, is the Greek word that's used for what happens when someone observes a miracle and the power of God touches them. So when we read it, we think, oh, they tripped and fell down when he said, I am he, He said, I am he, and what happened is the power of God came through those words, it took them backwards, and then the effect of what happens when the power of God touches the heart of a person affected them so powerfully they fell on the ground. And so it actually says that when he said these words, the phenomenon of where he spoke to crippled people and said, be raised from the dead or pick up your mat and walk, They experienced the same effect when he said, I am he. And it's showing that not only is he making a factual statement, his statement carries power behind it. Just like every time God makes a statement about himself, it carries the miraculous release of God into a situation and sets people free. About 12 years ago, I had been invited to a church in San Jose, California. It was a Chinese church. And before I went, um, I asked them, well, what do you want me to cover? And they were like, well, well, could you come and cover hearing the voice of God and how to confirm it? And yeah, let's go do that. So I get out there and they, I land there and they tell me, hey, um, we're going to have a translator do this with you. Even though you're in America, most of the people that come to the church are Asian backgrounds, so we're going to just do this with a translator. I'm like, okay. So we're there doing it. We're into... The second day of doing it and I'm kind of standing on a stage like this and they had the back sanctuary doors back there and I'm doing something uh, we're we're wrapping up the session before lunch and I'm teaching on how to confirm the voice of the Lord and about halfway down the aisle this lady stands up and screams at the top of her lungs and starts making her way towards me. (laughs) These are the kind of services I'm in and so. The elders saw her, and they went and they grabbed her, and they took her out the door. So uh, I looked over at the pastor, and I said, well, do you want me to continue on teaching? And they're like, oh, yeah, just continue on. So (laughs) I'm trying to look at my notes and do this teaching. As I'm looking at my notes, the back doors had windows in them, and she's running back and forth. And she'd go from one side of the room, and I'd actually see the elders chasing her, and then you'd hear this, boom! And it was her slamming into the walls as the elders were tackling her, and everyone would turn around and look back like this. And I'm, I'm like, "This is." I'm looking at the pastor, waiting for her to say, "You need to stop the meeting." This is, and she's like, "No, no, just this is normal. Just keep going." And so I'm like, "Okay." So trying to make my second point, she goes the net. She goes the next way. Boom! And there's just going on, and I, I'm so I'm not even looking at him anymore because it's making so much noise and it's distracting. And so I keep my head down, and I just kind of read my notes. I stop doing illustrations. I just read my notes. I want to get through this so we can go to lunch. And I'm getting ready to wrap up, and she busts through the door. <laughs> now she's running full blast towards me. Uh, Chinese. I guess this is what it's like in Chinese churches. And so she's running towards me, and she has that look on her face. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but as a person standing here looking at you guys, I can actually see your face. And so I could tell she wasn't happy with me. She's kind of mad, and, I could, I, and and she had this look on her like, I'm going to kill you. That's what it looked like. And now she's running towards me, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, huh, I wonder what's going to happen. Because she had actually outpaced the elders that were chasing her. So I knew that she had enough time to get to me. And so I'm actually theologically trying to figure out, what should I do here? Should I let her take a swipe at me, or should I duck, or should I punch her as she's coming up on the stage? Now... And these are deep theological questions, aren't they? So I'm watching her, uh, and so I made a decision in my mind. It might not be very godly, but I'm not going to let her hit me in the face. I'm going to duck. And so here she comes. She's literally 10 feet away from me, and I'm watching her come towards me, and I'm I'm positioning myself for the the swing or whatever she's going to do. And something comes and literally lifts her off the ground and drops her on the ground. She didn't fall forward. She just went, poof, hit the ground. I looked at that, and I thought, I had never seen anything like that in my entire life. And she's laying there. The elders are surrounding her, and she's she's writhing on the ground. So that, that finished the session. I said, okay, let's go to lunch. And so everyone gets up. And I hear the voice of the Lord says, now go down there, Brian, I I want you to go pray for her. So I make my way down to her, and I'm I'm watching her, and she's screaming at me, I want to kill you! (laughs) So I'm asking the Lord, what am I dealing with here? And the Lord's telling me, this lady is involved in witchcraft, and I'm taking her through deliverance right now, and so I want you to walk her through that process. Well, that's kind of hard when someone's threatening to kill you to do that. But I said, um, I said, what's going on with you right now? And she goes, well, uh, I, I, I came here because you were advertised in the local grocery store. And I knew that Christianity had no power. And so I just came here to put a curse on you. But the power, something came over me. <laughs> She's telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, okay. I said, what's happening right now, if you're not aware of it, is the Lord is trying to draw you back to his family but you're, you're having a, a struggle right now. And she goes, I know, I keep hearing these voices and they're telling me to get up and get out of the room, but every time I try to get up, something's pushing me down to the ground. And I said, well, I, I know this is hard to understand, but the Lord is literally resting on you so that he can love you and get you past this. Do you want to work through this process? She's like, yeah. I said, okay. So we start praying, the Lord starts showing me She had had some abuse happen to her, what what caused her to get into witchcraft, all this stuff, and the Lord came and delivered her. Literally drove out, I don't know how many demons, but that's not the point, but he, he did that. She got up, she looked like she had actually been wrestling for over two hours, she was just exhausted. And the elders who were trying to tackle her, they helped her up off the ground and they just walked her out of the church. So, I went and tried to eat lunch for five minutes and then get back to my next session. No idea what happened after that. I come back a year later. This, this lady comes up to me, and it was really interesting how much God can transform somebody when his power comes near. This lady walks up to me, and she literally, the only way I know how to describe it is she looked like a, a, an Asian Presbyterian. Librarian. She was all put together and she had this nice little, um, her hair was in a bun and she had this nice little sweater and she just looked like she was Presbyterian and a librarian. And she walked up to me and she says, do you remember me? Uh, that's such a loaded question. Do you remember me? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm sorry, I don't. She said, well, do you remember you were here last year? And there was this lady screaming and yelling. And I went, oh, yeah, I remember that. And she says, well, I'm that lady. And I said, really? Well, what happened? And she said, well, um, I, I really had these voices telling me to go there and kill you. And she said, and, and I determined I was going to do it after I ran into the wall the second time. And, and I had so much rage and pain inside me that all I could see was you, and I wanted to just take your life from you. And as I was going forward, she said, this wind hit my legs. It said it was so powerful, but she said, when I fell down, I didn't feel any pain or anything. I, felt I fell into love. And she said, and, and this pain that I was dealing with, it was just being pushed out of me, and you were helping me walk through the process, but I, I could hear all these demons and how they got access through me through witchcraft, all of them being driven out by the Lord. And she, and she says, I, I just love him. See, it's interesting, this is supposed to be, as we look at the passage, what when a lot of people see Jesus doing this, they say, well, that's Jesus, and that's what it looks like when Jesus does that, but I really believe that God is trying to restore something back to you and I that we see here in the scripture. There is supposed to be an abiding sense of God's presence, the shadow of the Almighty around us. And when we walk into situations, there should be an effect of God's presence that comes. An effect of his love, uh, literally a, a shadow of the love of God coming over us. And that's what Jesus is actually modeling here. Uh, this idea that when he said, I am he, there was an expression of the love of God, an expression of the power of God, and it, it impacts people. I really believe, it doesn't say, and and you're not supposed to read into Scripture, but I really believe these people were there that had that happen to them. I don't think they walked away from that and went, I think I just fell down. I think they walked away from that and were trying to figure out how could that happen with that man. And who is he that that kind of power is released when he says, I am? One more, and then we'll wrap up. In the early 1990s I was on staff at another ministry and um, in the early 1990s in the city that I lived in, Kansas City was known for the prophetic ministry and I was with, on staff with a ministry that traveled around and taught on that. And So we went to Ohio and we were there doing a conference and the person, I don't know if you had ever heard of him, but his name was James Gall, I was on staff with him and so he and I went into this conference room and he was teaching on I think prophetic intercession And he said to me when we went into the meeting, you go in the back and get nine words of knowledge. And then when I get done with the teaching, you come up here and we'll do ministry. By the way, would that put any pressure on you guys if I just pointed at you right now and said, now go get nine words of knowledge. So I went to the back of the room and I'm back there going, hey, God, give me some words of knowledge here. And the Lord says, no. (laughs) And I thought, hey, this is not good. They're going to be calling me up here in a minute. What do you mean, no? And the Lord said, Brian, I'm trying to teach you something here. I'll give it to you when you go up. And, I, and for some odd reason, that comforted me. That just shows, <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's fine. And so we go. Up, I go up front. And uh, James Galt says, this is my assistant, Brian, and he's going to give nine words of knowledge. And I get up there, and the Lord um, says, now just say this. See how much love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. So I said that. (laughs) I don't know what it is with the middle of the room all the time. But this guy stands up in the middle of the room and he yells at the top. He goes, like that. (laughs) Then he falls forward without using his arm as a brace and hits the ground. (laughs) Now this is going somewhere. And so he hits the ground. And then he does this thing that you're not supposed to do. He's screaming in tongues as loud as he can into the carpet. And everyone in the room is now just looking at this person screaming. And then Jim goes, oh, the Lord's giving me a word. God wants to say you're the apple of of his eye. (laughs) And we're just quoting scriptures on the love of God. And God, how do you describe this? I'm doing this on purpose. There was a, to the second, to the back row... There was a guy standing up, and the Spirit of the Lord picked him up and laid him back the row behind him, and the whole entire row got slain in the power of God. Jim and I, Jim Gall and I are looking at each other, going, Uh oh, we're in a meeting where God's at. Now, we expect God to be here, don't we? But when God takes over, it kind of shakes you. So we're watching that, going, Oh no. And then the Lord comes and gives me another scripture about, I'll never leave you or forsake you, and the power of God just kept increasing in the room, and I'm going to finally get to the point I want to get to, and and God's just picking people in the room, and he's healing them, and he's delivering them, and he's loving on them, and we were going to do this big, powerful, prophetic ministry, but all we did was quote scripture, and Jesus just went and loved on people powerfully. Okay, so I'm looking at a lady, this is the point. I'm looking at a lady, she's standing by the door, and as I'm looking at her, the Lord says, now just tell her I love her. That's all I heard the Lord say. So I said, I told everybody, I said, hey, do you guys see this lady right here? And so the, the people that weren't on the ground look over at her, and the Lord, this wind from the power of the Lord, how do you describe this stuff, came and <laughs> connected with her. She went six feet back and hit the wall and slid down the wall like a bowl of jello. And I said, God loves you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why am I telling you that? I'm trying to drive a point home here about something about walking with Jesus that his nature has not changed. That made me extremely uncomfortable. I even said to. James Gall, can I leave? Because when God does that kind of stuff, I didn't have the theology to explain why God thought that was necessary. Or two, I really didn't want to talk with anybody about it because it was confusing me why God thought that was necessary. And so he said, yeah, go ahead and leave. And so instead of staying behind and praying with people, I ran to the door as fast as I could. I ran down the hall as fast as I could. I got in the elevator and I went into my hotel room so no one could talk to me for over the rest of the day. I'm supposed to be at a seminar training people. I'm hiding in a hotel room, and I'm telling God how uncomfortable I am with all this. As I'm sharing with the Lord how uncomfortable I am with him showing up and doing the things that he likes to do, he he comforts me and says, Brian, even though it scared you, go back and talk to the people I ministered to and find out what I did for them. So I went back. I found the lady that actually went back to the wall. And I said, now, what happened to you? And she said, well, I don't know how to describe this, but this wind picked me up off the ground and threw me back into the wall. And I said, well, did you feel any pain or anything? She goes, no. She said, I had been struggling with, even though I'm a Christian, I never tell anybody this. I've been struggling with depression for 12 years. And when I went back to the wall, something jarred in me, and it wasn't the wall. And I got delivered of it, and when I slid down to the ground, I slid into the love of God. And every person I could find that after we went and did that meeting, I said, well, what did you think when Jesus picked you up and threw you in the row behind you? And they go, I, didn't, I thought it was great. I didn't feel anything. That only happens when God does it. Now, what's the point? We see from Jesus' life, this is what it was like. We see from the apostles' life, this is what it's like. This is what we see when the prophets were walking around in the Old Testament doing the ministry God had called them to. This is what you and I are called to. This is the adventure. Now, just so we make sure you understand where I'm at, I still love studying theology and doctrine and talking church history and all those kind of things. But I don't want to miss what's going on in our generation because I'm so in love with what happened last generation. Jesus has not changed. He's here to do this for you. Would you turn your heart with me towards the Lord now and let's pray? You're still the same, Lord. Still the same. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and bring your power and your presence. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And would you guys just do something with me? If you're comfortable with this, can you just kind of put your hand over your heart right here or over your eyes just for a moment? The Lord wanted me to pray for a release of something for you. Holy Spirit, would you release the power to see what you're doing? The impartation to have visions from you. Let us be a people that know our Father and do what the Father is doing. Now, bring back salve to our eyes and cleanse us so that we can see again. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Um, So you just stood up. Could you stand back up again? Um, so I, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to have you wave at me if this makes any sense okay you don't have to wave now I'm just talking to you but do you pray a lot you're like an intercessor in the body of Christ and you've been asking the Lord to do this and the Lord's been trying to tell you he is going to do it do you know he sent you here tonight just so I could tell you he's actually going to do what you've been praying about and you've been actually asking, asking the Lord you've been asking the Lord to do a movement of signs and wonders and release boldness back and he's going to actually do it with you for you got to quit jumping. (laughs) He says he's actually going to do it with you. You've been faithful in the house of the Lord. You've been faithful to teach and train people. And the Lord says because of your faithfulness and his love for you, he's going to release that over your life. And so, Lord, let it come right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. Is there a woman here named Amy? A woman here named Amy. It's fun. Okay, I'm gonna give it. You guys get to test and weigh it. And I'm gonna, for your guys, the people in leadership. Here we go. Um, there's a woman named Amy. She actually works with children. The Lord's actually gonna engage her with the power of the Lord, and she's gonna begin to write books for children that are gonna be transformative. That's what I got from the Lord, for this lady named Amy. Uh, is there a woman here named Sarah? Is great no Sarah get to give this one here we go uh, it's a promise the Lord actually gave to her it, she's an only child her name was Sarah she was given that name by her mother because it had to do with her being a promise she has the gift of compassion and God is going to use her in the healing ministry specifically to lead people through inner transformation or inner healing and that's for Sarah okay last one Is there a gentleman here named Dan? Dan. That is great. You guys enjoying this? I am. (laughs) Okay, last one. Dan, here's what the Lord wants me to tell you. You, It's not that you have a bad marriage. The Lord was going to come into your marriage. He was going to release his blessing over it, and he says he's truly going to bless your marriage And it's going to be a sign to people that God has drawn near and shown his love to you. So, Lord, these words, let them go forth and let them accomplish what you've purposed in your heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, is there a person here that has a rash on their left leg and it's not gone away? Is there a person here that's dealing with a rash on their left leg? Is that you? Sorry, would you stand? Lord wanted me to pronounce something over you and then pray for you. The Lord actually says that he's not going to leave it that way. He's actually going to draw near to you and he's going to heal you. So let's pray for you right now. Okay. So Holy Spirit, release your power and your presence on your daughter. Now Lord, whatever is keeping this from happening, I break the power of that right now. And I ask that your healing presence would come over her skin specifically. Any words that were spoken, anything that has been predicted over her, I break the effect of that, and I ask that you would restore her right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, mighty one. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. All right, someone here dealing with problems with their left lungs, specifically, left lung. And I just was getting that as I was being called up here, so I'm working through this. But you have problems breathing, and it's some issue with your left lung specifically. Is someone dealing with that? Left lung? Breathing problems? Okay. I don't have a breathing problem the other day As I was walking out, my left area up, and was hard Okay. Okay. Okay, so let's do this. If you have breathing problems in general, stand. doesn't have to be your left lung. If you have any breathing problems whatsoever, just stand. All right, would you just put your hands out like you're receiving something from the Lord? Well, let's pray for you. Holy Spirit, come. Just release your healing power and presence. Now I ask that your life would come into their mortal body right now and just into their bronchial tubes and into their lungs specifically let restoration come in the name of Jesus. And I ask Lord that you would restore them right now. Thank you mighty one. To release your power over their bodies. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated, or you guys already are. One more. Uh, You're dealing with sinus problems specifically, and what it does is it causes you to have an awful lot of mucus buildup in the back of your throat, and it makes it hurt. You're, You're constantly hacking and doing stuff like that. Is anyone dealing with that? Sinus problems that causes, sorry, please stand. Anyone else? What's that? Your mother. Okay, well, we'll pray for her. Oh, okay, well, we'll pray for them. You also, sorry you're dealing with that. anyone else. You just have a lot of problems with your sinuses. It it builds up in the back of your throat, and it causes you to hack and, and just have problems. Just stand. All right, Holy Spirit, would you just bring your power and your presence right now? We ask that you would bring order back to their sinuses. We break the power of weakness and infirmity, and we command it to lift off in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, restore them. Bring order back into their sinuses and in fact, let like a healing presence of your spirit come on their sinuses right now and just bring restoration to them. In the name of Jesus Christ. We bless your name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.